you know, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And there's a, a big thing that people have in their head about not being able to afford a home. Or you talk to them to say, you know, you should be able to buy 10 homes over your lifetime, sell five and retire well. Homestyle Green, episode 182. How to make high-performance homes mainstream. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast dedicated to inspiring people to make a better place to live. This week I'm speaking with Sam Rogers from Christchurch, but he is launched or has launched a national company, Land Homes. And the objective of Land Homes is to make high-performance homes mainstream. Now, Sam comes from the real estate industry and property investment, property development background, and I think he provides really valuable experience uh, to the more green, sustainable property and the high-performance homes. He uh, has got some exciting things to say about his predictions for where things might go in the demand and delivery of high-performance homes in New Zealand. So here he is. I started out by asking Sam how land homes came about so, so the, the land home story like we were originally we were uh, property developers property investors so we were building um homes you know we had a thing for people to build 10 homes in 10 years for, for property investment wealth creation then we were dealing with people that actually had a little bit of wealth and wanted to build a better home uh, so but by us. by we you mean because you you've been in in the real estate industry and then you've come up you were with uh, propeller property so sort of coaching people about real estate investment yeah it was more um it was more probably one-on-one so from being a real estate agent and everything like that and you know having all that experience and being a top performer learning what would sell what wouldn't sell who was making money who was losing money and where the money was yeah um, and the money was in standalone family homes uh, because you've got your land content and you're you know you're not attached to anything uh-huh. so so though and you know how to buy right and how to build right and everything like that so it's, it was a bit of a pattern there and um, you know you don't have to be great to start but you have to start to be great and there's a a big thing that people have in their head about not being able to afford a home mm-hmm. or you talk to them to say, you know, you should be able to buy 10 homes over your lifetime, sell five and retire well. Yeah. So it was just getting people to make the start. And is that still true today? Yeah, it's very true. And very, Even in Auckland? True. Yeah, absolutely. So it's sort of, you've got to think of, you've got to think of um, New Zealand as a market. Don't just don't think of your street. Right. Yeah, you know, everyone's situation is a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, but you've got to make safe choices at the start, and your first property investment has to be a winner, uh, because otherwise it really slows you down. And I imagine this is true. I mean, we have a lot of listeners in Australia and overseas as well. And I, and I I constantly hear about housing affordability all around the world. I, and we it's not a unique issue for Auckland or the main centres in New Zealand. I imagine the same is true for Melbourne, Sydney wherever people are. Absolutely. That's why we did a nationwide tour throughout New Zealand to find out, you know, what is the perception of building? And it was different in every town we went to. Right. Like, but on that, you've got to think of an apartment in New York that sells for $100 million. Yeah, $100 million. 
That's true, isn't it? Yeah, we're ninety six million. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what? Just, just um, on that point about the detached house, uh, where are we at with that in in New Zealand and, and probably Australia as well? Is that still seen as the as the desirable? Like, are we, are we still against terrace houses? We're not against terrace houses, but it's, you've got to think because you know if you look at inflation or everything like that, uh, if you can build a reasonable amount of square meters, or you know, there's a land content to it, or there's a proximity, or you know that something's going to happen in that area to improve the value of that home. Mm. So, like the standalone family homes doubling in every seven to ten years, you've got to buy an exceptional and do an exceptional build price for that to come true. So you probably think the 10, 10 years plus, but the the terraced housing sometimes it can be too convenient, and when you're paying for convenience, you're paying a premium. Right. Because How do you mean the, too convenient? Um, well, it's the the turnkey type thing, like the magic has already been made. Right, right. So as an investment, it's not very good because the developers got all the gains. Well, the only person that makes money out of concrete is the is the concrete company. Right. So if you're, if you're, if you're getting into the apartments or um, attached housing, you've actually got to time your slot into the where where the market is yeah i mean if you brought stuff around manicare um you know you would have done pretty well you know where hamilton you know five years ago you know you would have done well so sort of it's the timing of the market for your apartment so sort of the the standalone family home or the standalone family rental is a safe investment it's got it's got a more friendlier curve to it Yep. In the upturn and the downturn. So, so where does the? I mean, the vision for land homes is high performance architectural builds. So yes. where does that? Where did that come into it? Because all the stuff that you're talking about now is investment, property ladder, that sort of thing. Where does green building fit into that? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the what that that is where we've come from, and now that we're dealing with people that want to build better and everything that we we think that now is the tipping point where we actually need it's a it makes more financial sense to build better to build to a home star six because you're actually future proofing your investment mm-hmm. and and a family home is an investment and so what architecturally designed you know every home is as a design, as a design and build. So as to what level you want to do, if it's going to be big cathedral ceilings or a big three-storey or two-storey. But I think we need to, like our market is, is the mainstream. Yeah. Um, so you're selling into the, the, the people that are also looking at one of the, the, the group home builders as, a, as an alternative to what you're offering? Yeah, and what we're offering on that is we're, we're solving the solution you know, and the group home builders have, have done, they've got a really good product because people can come in, they can pick something off the plan, pick a few colours, and then they're into that home in eight months' time. And and that's pretty exciting. All we want to do is just add a little bit extra value to that, mm-hmm. is to put a package into the home saying you've got your solar panels, your underfloor heating, your car charger, your car, and then your batteries. Also with a, a home star rating. So, you know, we'll be recessing the windows or using better materials in the walls 
having a minimum R value requirement. We do sun studies and the homes, we've designed them to be energy efficient with, you know, if it is with sun protection or overheating, getting too cold. And that's probably, and we, and we have got some massive architectural homes as well, but yep. I think main street is where it's at. So how does that stack up? Because all I'm hearing is, is dollar signs going up and up and up with each of those additional performance benefits. How do you reconcile that with someone's very limited budget? Yep. So we haven't met anybody that hasn't got a budget. So budgets are really important and they need to be respected. What what we, being a full service company, um, you know, I mean, our, our salespeople or our lead generation is one thing that we want to have through the company is that we listen. So we, we do a 32 questionnaire. Um, then that will go to the design team. We'll do a quick desktop. Is it feasible? Then our designers, um, you know, I mean, they've built their own homes. They're very, <laughs> and we've got an in-house QS in our design team. So off the concept, we will be able to give a price, yep. and then they'll know if they're within the budget. And so a concept's really a good opportunity to get the budget right before. It, um, it goes any further and being a design build company you know we've got a responsibility from the design to the build it's kind of one team so yeah so you've got that full vertical vertical integration do you, do you have any problems getting your qs correct particularly on some of these those features that you mentioned like the the thicker walls the recessed windows one of the complaints i hear is that builders doing that for the first time don't know how to price it and they often overprice it. How do you get that that pricing correct on new and high performance uh, design features? Yeah, that's the, you're dead right. Like you went to a builder that hasn't built with um, thicker walls or, you know, recessed windows or just a little bit of um, other stuff in there. Uh, yes, the price will be there or they'll tag it out as a variation. Yeah. And, and do it on charge-up, which is very dangerous. Call so, it value engineering. Value engineering, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. So the because of our the QS and the designers in the same environment, there is a responsibility there, and and, and we know the cost. Because you, you're a new company, but you've, you've hit the ground running with some very experienced people, so your age doesn't really represent accurately your... Uh, experience in the market does it as a team well I, I think if you sort of look at our team we've probably we've got hundreds of years of experience yeah. and yeah. and you know i mean our qs is very experienced we've got our lead designer has got over 20 years experience and, yeah. and has come from a volume home environment um is that a tricky transition because i, I if i was looking for a high quality designer of a passive house or a really high performance home probably the last place i would think to look is a volume home builder yeah it's it's tricky you're dead right and the the words cookie cutter is a sort of a market um language yeah we're in the building industry or worse or worst possible house you can build legally yes yeah definitely (laughs) we're the percentage in the marketplace is people just want a home. Yep. So 
if um, if we're negative on the cookie cutter or the mainstream builders, they people just switch off straight away, and then you don't have the opportunity to actually say you can actually build better and just change five percent of your build. Right. And that's that's very important, and and we want that's if so that's why we're doing the seminars. So some of the people that were coming to the seminars, they weren't going to build with us, but they really thanked us and sent us messages saying that we've changed their build. You yep, know, we're yep. on the south side of the house. They haven't got full ceiling windows. They've gone from a 90 frame to a 140. They've used airtight um, wraps, and that there improves the build a lot. Mm, hugely, hugely, yeah. And like I say, it could, it could easily get value engineered out if someone – didn't know the the benefit of of doing those uh, doing those improvements or keeping them in there. Yes, yeah, definitely. And, and there there is things that um, like value engineering. If you know, the the difference between building a ninety mil frame house and a one forty is negligible, but there's probably no difference. Yeah, I I hear that, and then I hear counter arguments as well about say you know mostly from builders I think who haven't actually done it who say oh yeah but the price of, of the 140 timber is more or is more labor they're heavier to to move around the site but so from your experience it the the cost isn't that much more well obviously you've got your insulation but that's the the timber is it's it's either here or there you know mm, and mm. and but like I think um like we, yes, we do work with other outside architects or designers, but for us to um, really connect with a client and say, yes, we can do that, we yeah. probably need to take full ownership of the process. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned, just going back to the beginning, you mentioned uh, about the, the family home being an investment. We often hear that uh, your family home's not really an investment, it's more of a uh, Certainly, mine doesn't feel like an investment. <laughs> Pouring money into it all the time. Uh, is that true that, that that your family home? Do you see that as a as an, a financial investment, or is that really just a, an asset that you belong belongs to you, and then you try to build wealth somewhere else? It's it depends where, and that's what you know. I mean, you obviously got your first home, your second home, your family home your forever home, and then your last home. There's all these types of words that get used around a home. Mm-hmm. And if people are going to live in a house for, for 10 plus years and it's going to be their forever home, well, look at it as a, as a love home. Put in all the features and, and, and everything and, and don't think of the, you know, the, the resale. That, but that's somebody that's probably, you know, is already financial. Yeah, where yeah. I think it's always important to think of. Well, like I'm a I'm a big fan of people collecting real estate. Don't sell it, just collect it, and yep. you know build your first home, and and then when the family grows or your situation changes or or you get another job in another city, just leave that home and get somebody else to you know manage it, and then just go build another one. And it's sort of so the. It's, you know, you, you do get held to percentages and, you know, I think if you're, if you're built right and you're brought right, your house is going to cr- increase at, you know, 6% a year type thing, you know. So it's sort of, that's your house and land on average over a 20-year sort of um, buffer. We have a lot of people who want to 
build green or sustainable, high performance, whatever you, whatever you want to label it, um, but don't have a clue about the property market. Uh, yeah. What adv- from your experience in as a property investor, real estate, um, what advice would you have for our community of passionate people uh, to to make green projects viable, particularly financially? Yes, yeah. So you sort of got to think what what's most important because everybody's situation is different. And mm. so if you, but the main thing is is the is the design of the home because a hundred square meter home and then another hundred square meter home, they could be you know they could be thousand dollars a square meter apart because of the design. Yep. So it's, and and they're gonna which can add up to a lot of thousand dollars per square meter over a two three hundred square meter house. It's, a, it's, it's correct. Change. And like we're not saying people to build just a square box with um, you know hip roofs and all that sort of thing. You, but you've got to think what you know. Everyone's got an ego and everything like that. They want to and they want to build it, put their mark on stuff. But I think depending on your community that. There's so many tricks out there that um, can reduce the square meter rate and still have a, an awesome home. Yeah, so it's not about building. It's, it's such an important, you know, you've got to think about a, a race car going into a corner. How they do that corner is what's going to make them win the race. So sort of how you design your home and, and the materials you're going to put in it and and, and who's going to build it and is is probably the tipping point of if it's going to be a winner or a loser mm. or you're going to have to hold on to that home for a long time for the market to catch up to what you paid for it. Yep. So. You're also doing some uh, exciting innovation around financing as well, aren't you? Working, uh, look at, or, uh, looking at some of the um, uh, shared equity projects that are going on around, the, around Australia yep. and around the place. Definitely. So um, BNZ have obviously just brought out a product um, and we're, we're looking at something similar. So if um, if your house was too big for your budget, um, you know, what Land Homes is going to do is, is going to partner with you. So up to, um, you know, 10% in some cases, but probably going to sit around the 5% mm-hmm. um, that we will leave that into the home and between the one and five year period, you'll just when the house rises in value, you'll remortgage and you'll just pay us out. And nice. that means that first home buyers and um, people with low equity and everything, they can trigger the Kiwi Saver, pretty much get that five percent deposit. We'll match it with another five, and then we'll wait that one to five years for that to be rolled over. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just you know because you've. You've got to be in to win in the real estate market. Yeah, yeah. And in five years' time, you got to think about how much houses are going to be worth. Yeah. Have you been accused at all of, of greenwashing? Dreamwashing? Green yeah, green or greenwashing? Oh, greenwashing. Yes. Yeah. So the, the it's a no. No one's going to be a hundred percent green, and um, greenwashing. Well, that's probably what's what would be your perception on greenwashing. Um, people from sort of fundamentalists, people who are really hardline, staunch, criticising people who are doing um, less than perfect. Yes, you're dead right. Um, so, well, we 
we definitely we we're not going to um, connect with 100 percent of the market, mm. and you know we believe we've got an amazing team. You know from um, from the connectors, the salespeople, to the designers, to our builders, and even to our suppliers. But what you know there's there's all that sort of stuff, and um, if people you know, I mean, like EPS, well, like, is that environmentally friendly? Is it not? Um, is treated timber environmentally friendly? Is it not? You know, there's people that want to treat the timber with vinegar mm, and do all mm. that. We'll definitely look at that mm. before we're taking a company, a successful company nationwide. So we sort of do need to be mainstream. We will look at um, SIP panels, um, ICF block, um you know, 140 stars, you know, there's everything. But I think greenwashing is, um, it's a term, I, I think that's a term that's, there's just no, and there's no point using the word greenwashing because it just sort of doesn't, it's too vague where mm. you might see somebody says, well, you're greenwashing or your dream, you know, then you're, you're not environmentally friendly and then they hop into their petrol car. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind yeah. of, it's, yeah, but also you, you you've aligned yeah. with Homestar, you've aligned with Superhome, uh, which does that give you some um, validity as well? Yeah, Superhome's great. Uh, I think because there's some really good participants in there. Yeah, and um, you know we've invited some of them on our roadshow, like Martin yeah. Riley, he's a co-founder in there. Yep, uh, yep. from WarpNZ. Um, I think Bob's done a really good job in spearheading nationally as well yeah and definitely and then there's just other participants in there with suppliers and stuff and and the events yep yeah um yeah have you, got, think, have you got more you mentioned the roadshow have you got more um sessions coming up or you got plans for for 2019 yeah so 2019 um we're probably going to start off in february um down in wanaka and queenstown and then mm-hmm. just go nationwide again and we're awesome. probably going to do that nationwide roadshow probably two times a year not busy <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's but it was just it was so powerful from Auckland to we did Auckland, Tauranga, Napier, Wellington, Kaikoura, Christchurch, and Wanaka and Queenstown. Yeah. Um, and so it really gives us um, a really good perception of the market and what the market wants because that's yeah. what we're asking. Yeah. But yeah, I like I like that. Um, and, and that ability to listen as well as just go and talk. Yeah. Well, we asked the people, you know, what. Um, obviously, not coming here to eat ice creams or the free beer and chips. So they were they were there to, because they had some of them had projects started. Some of them were thinking about it. Yeah. Some of them were just coming there to listen. Yeah. The it is that I think it's twenty twenty is the tipping point for electric cars. So the home, if that can run that whole system um, from your PV, well, it's just a game changer. Oh, and totally. Well, that, that, that's yeah. another another topic for another podcast. I think that that whole systemization, you know, the lifestyle, not just the house, thinking of the house and the car separately, but thinking of the whole lifestyle that you're creating. I think that's really exciting. Yeah, it is. And, and so I think um, that's pretty powerful. And that, you know, in the, you know, I mean, there's words, there's um, the passive house, there's zero net energy, there's all those these buzzwords. But yep. I think yep. if, um, building better gets towards there. That's pretty yeah. powerful. Yeah, and like you say, yeah, I love that your focus on on the mainstream and making those those important changes to a wide audience, not just preaching to the the converted 
Hey, where, where can people um, connect with you? Uh, what's the best place for, for if people want to find out about the seminars coming up or, or if they're just good to go, they want to, they want a house, where, where's the best place to go? Yeah, cool. So we're our head office um, is based in uh, Mandeville Street in Christchurch. We're in the home ideas centre there. We've actually built a uh, 100-square-metre show home with underfloor heating and all the um, all the extras there that we can just walk people through. And Wait, then, you've got a 100-square-metre show, show home inside the home ideas centre? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, it's just it was wow. so, it, it's so easy to just sort of show people. It's open yeah. seven days. And people can go down there and just have a look at our skills. And, awesome. And That's worth the flight done. down to Christchurch just to see that. Oh, definitely. Right? <laughs> and, uh, and we've got we've got a couple of show homes that we're building throughout um, New Zealand. So what? Yep. Why we want to build show homes and they're going to be active show homes where people can actually try before they buy. Excellent. So we'll have them as an Airbnb, and they're going to be in Wanaka and Queenstown, Kaikoura, Napier, awesome. Auckland, Tauranga, and they will have. They'll be energy efficient and everything like that. So people yep. can actually, that takes away their doubts. If they have something like that, they can actually sleep there. They can have their weekend there and they know they can test it in winter, they can test it in summer and they know it's a good product. When will, you, when will uh, those be open? Uh, we've got a couple of them going through council at the moment, a few more in design, but it's probably going to, we probably want to limit to it to about 12 homes throughout New Zealand. Yep. Yep. So look out for those sort of mid, mid 2019. Yeah, I'd say so. They'll be probably finished in August next year. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. Hey, well, thank you very much for your time, Sam. Really appreciate it. And uh, it's very exciting, uh, the the work that you're doing. So, um, yeah, all the best for uh, for the new year and the, the next set of uh, seminars and the work that you're doing. Yeah, definitely. And I look forward to connecting in the new year and um, appreciate the interview. Awesome. Sam Rogers there from Land Homes. He's based down in Christchurch, but Land Homes is national and He's got his sights firmly set on building this national company to make high-performance homes mainstream. I really like the fact that Sam's bringing his real estate industry and property investment experience to the green, sustainable design fraternity. I think there's something that we can learn from his reality-based experience in the property investment and property development uh, sector. Thank you for tuning in to this episode, but also for the great feedback. I've heard some uh, some really nice feedback for the podcast, and um, yeah, that's uh, it's great. It's very encouraging. It helps me uh, keep going. Something else that helps me keep going is the support of ProClimber, who uh, make it possible to do this, uh, do the odd interview during the week. So thank you very much for ProClimber's support. If you want to check out their stuff, head on to head on over to proclimber.com.au in Australia or proclimber.co.nz here in New Zealand. Got some more exciting episodes coming up in the new year, so have yourself a great break and go make a better place to live. <laughs>